Welcome back alongside sports editor Lori Los. I'm digital editor Brendan Curie, and we're here to talk another week of high school football. And just like that, the regular season is winding up. Last week of the regular season. Woohoo! Seems like it just <laughs> just yesterday we were uh, previewing week one, and now we're looking ahead at week seven. Yeah, it definitely flies by with this new uh, format uh, from the MIA. I mean, seven weeks, and then you're you're in the playoffs, and then we circle back around to Thanksgiving and then if you're lucky enough you'll be playing the following week for a Super Bowl which Dartmouth had been for a few years in a row yeah we'll see uh it might not be the Indians this year but we'll see if we get a different team in there we got uh, certainly three teams heading to the playoffs looking pretty strong right now yeah uh we already uh Wareham has already clinched a berth in the playoffs uh they're actually right now um seated second in division two south uh while O Colony right now division eight south I mean I believe, division yeah. eight division eight south um while O Colony is uh seated fourth um according to the Boston Herald's uh power rankings that that they put out each week and uh, Old Rochester is uh, second currently in Division Six South. Uh, so those three teams have uh, already clinched their playoff berths. And then uh, we've got two teams on the bubble. Um, both Dartmouth and New Bedford are uh, seated seventh. Uh, New Bedford is in Division Two South, and Dartmouth is in Division Four South. And it's the top eight teams that yes, qualify? Yes, top eight teams qualify. So both of those teams really need to win this week to uh, to really get that playoff spot. Or, yep. or and neither of them have a conference championship possibility. So that's, nope. that's not the back door to yeah. get in for either of them. So that it's all based on the power rankings for those two teams at this point since uh, Bridgewater Random won the OCL and and the big three is not determined uh, in time you know yeah no auto bid for that that conference nope so uh so they'll some big games this week a lot of must win situations um and I mean the biggest game of the week is uh Wareham again uh at Somerset Seems like it's been a few weeks in a row for the Vikings are uh, the prime game yeah I feel like I have Bob Lomp on uh speed dial over <laughs> here uh giving him a call almost uh it feels like every week or every other week um, but this is this is kind of what you play for when you start the season. You hope to be playing for a conference championship. And uh, Wareham wrapped up the uh, South Coast Conference small last week uh, against Case, and you were at yes, that game. Yes, I was at that game. Uh, finally, actually, first time I'd gotten to see Isaac Nascimento play. As crazy as that sounds, I hadn't covered a Wareham game in about three years. Wow, it had been that long. Wow. Yeah, actually, they were the first team four years ago. They were the first team I ever covered here, and they got a win. I believe they beat Bourne. I think it was. Uh, I think they were winless coming into it and they beat Bourne and then uh it had been a while since I've been back but uh yeah it was amazing to see Isaac you know I I you know I'd heard everything and yeah. I'd seen some video and all that but to actually see him in person and just witness his elusiveness and how hard he is to tackle and bring down and how many tackles he's able to break uh not that I, it wasn't surprising but it was confirming I guess Yeah and he's just I mean he's so versatile too I mean he can play running back he can throw the ball he can catch the ball I mean he can I mean defense he can play I mean, he just, he's the complete package and, um, you know, talk and he to, was almost all their offense, uh, against case 210 yards and four touchdowns. And yeah. they only had about 60 yards of offense outside of him. And I think he threw for 22 of those. So <laughs> there was maybe 40 yards. He wasn't involved in, uh, offensively all game. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it looked like he was big in that fourth quarter, 106 yards and two scores in the final 10 minutes to really, it was big because the Vikings kept taking leads and Case kept coming back to tie it up or at least get within a touchdown. And uh, he finally kind of put it away with two drives. Uh, one of them, I think they ran nine plays and he ran on seven of them and 60 out of their 70 yards or so on that drive. So it was just kind of give it to Isaac and let him go to work. And I talked to Lomp afterwards and I was like, is that the guy you want with the ball? And he's like, that's a dumb question. Of course it is. <laughs> he didn't say it was a dumb question, but uh, it yeah. probably gave you the look like. Of he course. did give you the look like, come on, who else is what I want to give the ball to? I got Isaac Nassimeno on my team. 
Well, uh, Elijah McAllister, he had a what? It was a punt return for a touchdown? Uh, kickoff return. Kick-off yeah, return. for uh, 80, 82 yards, depending on the reporter. I had it down for 80. I know uh, Mike Thomas over at uh, Fall River had it for 82, but that was a big one, too, because that was, again, after Case had come back to tie it up, and then uh, Elijah goes and puts him ahead, and uh, he's definitely got some uh, straight-line speed. So, yep. uh, you know, he's definitely dangerous on those kick and punt returns. Well, I know um, the Seth Andrade, uh, Buddy had had that he might be back this week after being out for a few weeks with an injury and talking to Bob Lomp tonight. He said, nope, he's not back this week. Um, you know, it'll probably be maybe another a week or two until he's, uh, till he's back in action. So Isaac will need another uh, heroic effort Yep, I mean, there's, there's Gilliallo Jr., but yep. uh, he's, you know, he's not quite the player that Isaac is. Nobody is, yeah. but, uh, and, uh, he, he, you know, he can change, uh, you know, give him a rest here once in a while, but it's going to be a lot on Isaac. And, uh, well, I mean, Somerset Berkeley, uh, I mean, their defense has been solid all year. I think going into the old Rochester game, they had only average, or they had only given up six points in their first three, I think it was three games combined. Um, and then this past week, they beat uh, Pontiquit. 43 to 8 in that game. So if you take away the old Rochester game, they haven't really let up too many points this season. Um, but talking to Coach uh, Freitas this, uh, this evening, he was saying that, you know, even though they don't run the same offense, old Rochester and Wareham, they both have potent offenses and the most potent that they're going to see all year. So yes, and it's all ground yeah. focused. Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they, they know what they, they're facing with, uh, with Isaac and they know, you know, how strong he is. And, you know, really, I mean, Wareham's defense is going to be challenged as well, uh, you know. Through the air. Through the air. Uh, I saw Chase Stafford against Old Rochester, um, and this this kid is just unbelievable. Um, I mean, he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Um, the big thing that I noticed, and also um, Bob Lomp was talking about, is that he's really good at extending plays. He's really good at, you know, moving with his feet to, to be able to either, you know, go for a first down or, you know, move across the field and, and look for an open receiver. He said he saw video against uh, Somerset's game against Aponiquit, and he said there was one play where, where um, Stafford, it was like a 20-second play. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's running back and forth, back and forth, and, you know, he ended up making a you know big play and getting first down or whatever it was. But he said it, it took 20 seconds, you know, and he was just back and forth, back and forth, and um, he was really big. I know last week, Stephen Frolic, um, their running back, he ended up scoring four touchdowns against Aponiquit in that game. So he really kind of, you know, had a breakout game for this season. He's kind of been on that cusp of, all right, maybe putting a little bit too much pressure on himself of, of wanting to to be there, fe- you know, featured back and top back. And um, this past week, he really rose to the occasion and had those four touchdowns and took a little bit of pressure off of Stafford who, you know, they can't, they don't want to be a one man show, you know, and, and I mean, it, it almost is kind of like, you know, Isaac is the so one you can't man sell show. out to stop yeah. the run or stop the pass. Yeah. And, so. uh, Cause I'll get you the other way. Um, but this is a big game. I mean, it's the South coast conference, uh, matchup between the top two teams, you know, the, the South, uh, uh, the small champion and the North champion for the outright championship. And that both teams are already in the playoffs. So, um, you a lot know. of bragging rights for here. I mean, everyone wants to be, you know, it's fun to be SEC large, SEC small champs, but to be South Coast Conference yeah, and it would 2017 be, champs is a nice uh, feather in their cap. And it would be uh, Wareham's first uh, overall, like, you know, South Coast Conference championship overall since 2006. So it's outright because yeah. they tied for it last year, right? Or it's well, small last year. Yeah, small. Was, this gotcha. is the overall. Wow, yep. That's cool. So yeah. 11 years. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot, lot on the line for this game. And, uh, both coaches, I talked to them tonight, they mentioned that they uh, scrimmage each other preseason, and <laughs> they were just talking like, hey, it might 
we might see you guys, you know, uh, d- this season sometime. And they both realized, hey, maybe that would be for, you know, the number one spot for the, the, the championship. So it all know. came to fruition. Yeah. Who, uh, who knew? Who knew they could tell the future, right? <laughs> that reminds me. I think I uh, remember the old Rochester uh, hockey, old Rochester Fairhaven hockey team when they went to the finals last year, the team that they met in the finals. Uh, they had seen in a scrimmage preseason, and um, Coach Labani and I think their coach had had a conversation like, "Oh, maybe we'll see each other, but it have to be in the state finals." <laughs> and then, sure and enough, there it was. Uh, <laughs> hey, some sometimes it happens, right? You, when you want to scrimmage, you know, kind of play that top, top top competition and see each other, you know, you put yourself at that level, mm-hmm. right? So. It's interesting to see how the Vikings' pass D was because Case really wanted to run the ball. They were on that wing tee, and they really wanted to run it. And Wareham was able to take away the rush. I mean, their their front four pretty solid. But uh, then when Case in the second half started passing the ball, and they had a pretty dangerous receiver in Chris Costa, they were able to move the ball pretty efficiently through the air. I think he was uh, – the Devin Prue, the quarterback, was something like 7 for 12 for 150 yards. Yep. So uh, well, interesting to see, especially with the lack of depth. I mean, it's not like you can run different uh, corners and safeties in there. So yep. if they keep passing the ball, they'll get tired. Yeah, I know uh, against Seacock, who, you know, they like to throw it 50 times in a game. I know I know they, they for the most part, you know, bent a little bit but didn't break didn't against – the big plays. Yeah, yeah they didn't give up too many big plays um you know in that game that was a few weeks ago and you know i wanted i forget how much worm ended up scoring if it was i don't know 40 or 50 points but that they, might be the thing they just got outscore them well i think i think there's going to be lots of scoring going on in this game so uh, i'll be i'll be busy writing <laughs> lots of writing <laughs> that's always fun for us especially when they pass a million times and yeah yeah Keeps, so, keeps your stats interesting. So, so big game. That's Friday night. Wareham at Somerset Berkeley for the South Coast Conference uh, Championship overall, right? 7 o'clock. 7 Be o'clock. There. Uh, another big, big game, uh, a rivalry game, conference game, is uh, Brockton is at visiting New Bedford Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, the Whalers uh, captured their first win over Dartmouth this past week since 2013, and now they're going for their first win over Brockton since 2013. So, uh, and you were at that win over Dartmouth. That was a wild oh victory. Oh, my God. I could go on for an hour here talking <laughs> about that game. Uh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. You know, uh, you know, New Benefit ended up coming out. They were in control most of the first half. They were up. Uh, Dartmouth had, I think it was four turnovers in that first half. And, and they looked like they were pretty much in control to, to win the game. And then... Uh, you know, first-year sophomore quarterback for, for Dartmouth, Nolan Ellis, comes out, throws three touchdown passes. All uh, to Dane Ashton. All to Dane Ashton. And I think that was our biggest receiving game of the year for any Yeah, he teams. almost had 200 yards, um, three touchdowns, and just really brought them back in that game. Um, uh, he ended up scoring the uh, touchdown with about, I don't know, 30 seconds left to to pull them within two points, uh, Ellis, uh, to pull Dartmouth. And then, but they didn't have any timeouts left, right? Uh, or point, they didn't have enough. Uh, New Bedford could have run out the clock. Right, no, the well, well uh, yeah, the next possession. So, so they, the New Bedford's defense stopped Dartmouth, um, you know, on the two-point conversion. So all New Bedford has to do is take a couple knees, the game's over, and they – they go to take the first knee. Uh, Dartmouth, I think Dartmouth had one timeout, so they call timeout. Then they go to take the second knee, and New Bedford fumbles Ooh. the ball. Dartmouth recovers. <laughs> All you got to do is kneel, kneel the ball. <laughs> and Dartmouth recovers. One play later, you know, an Ellis pass um, down the field. It uh, wasn't to Ashton. It was to uh, Vieira. Um, gets him to, like, the nine-yard line. Dartmouth comes down. Quick, 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 quick. They... 
uh, Ellis throws the ball and it's picked off. Ooh, right. So game saving interception. Yep. But Dar- uh, there was still enough time that that New Bedford had to, you know, they have to run a play. And so they're going to go. Oh, it's dangerous. Apparently. <laughs> so, so they're so they're on. The, I think it's about the four and they're called for a false start. So now they're back to the two and you can't really take a knee on the two because you'd be in the end zone. It's a two point game. So they had to, to run a quick play and, and hope and pray that. Nothing. They didn't fumble the ball or anything. And I'm sitting there just saying, please don't go to overtime. Please. <laughs> Every the, reporter's worst nightmares in overtime football as, game. As it was deadline quickly, looming. quickly approaching 9:30 with a 10 o'clock deadline. But I mean, it was an exciting game. It was a thrilling game. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Every time New Bedford and Dartmouth play each other, um, and New Bedford, you know, hopefully can carry that momentum of that game into Brockton. True Williams, you know, he had another solid game. Uh, he was 10 of 14 passing, 147 yards, two touchdowns, both of them to Baron Hilton. Um, and J.J. Carrion uh, really picked up the load uh, with Nigel Palmer being out. He led the Whalers on the ground with 102 yards and 26 carries, and he had uh, two touchdown runs in that game. So I think know, that's kind of one of the first times they've had really like a workhorse back in a yep, game. Like yep. they haven't really had anyone twenty plus carries in a game. No, and he and, and he I mean he was he was moving them down the field, you know. I mean he really was, you know, carrying them and it was a nice kind of a compliment to each other because Williams would, you know, have a have a pass they, and then all of a sudden they'd run a, two, a couple times and then Williams would have another pass and it just was kind of let's say a balance attack but I mean it kept Dartmouth's defense a little bit off balance in that game and Dartmouth's defense has been strong all year um, so and, and New Bedford hasn't really been a team that's marched down the field yet this year no, so, so that was a nice thing to see out of them I'm guessing yeah and uh, just the momentum coming into this Brockton game is huge because Brockton's a little bit I, I don't know if I want to say down because I haven't seen them play but they only have two wins uh, so they're two and four and and uh, they beat Weymouth and they beat Durfee. Um, and the, the Durfee one was last week. They won 43 to, to zero against Durfee. And um, in that game, Dexter uh, Cumberler, he had eight carries for 93 yards. Um, and then Rosen um, had, uh, had two touchdowns as well. Rosen-Pierre, as, I believe. Yeah, it is. Rosen-Pierre had two touchdowns. Um, and they, they helped end a uh, three-game losing streak for Brockton. And uh, all four of Brockton's runs last week came on the ground. Our touchdowns came on, on TD runs. Uh, but the boxes, uh, they, even though they have four losses, they've only been outscored the whole year, 140 to 126. Although so, last week helped. Yes, last week <laughs> did help. That, that, did boost, that, that, that did boost some of their stats. Um, but their losses have come to Lexington, Catholic Memorial, BC High, and Zavarian. It's like so, a Dartmouth schedule there. Yeah, you know, so they're playing a lot of really tough teams. Um, but the, I got a little bit of a scouting port from the Brockton Enterprise, and uh, Rosen Pierre apparently used to be at Southeastern last year. He's a transfer to Brockton, oh. and he had 1,444 yards and 17 touchdowns last year at uh, Southeastern. So, you know, he's he's a legitimate threat out of the backfield, and um, I know their quarterback is also he, – he's pretty good too, and he's back this year. I guess last year he'd been out um, with an injury, so they kind of – they usually like to run the ball a lot, but they also can pass a little bit too. So this will be a, a challenge for, for New Bedford, but maybe they'll have some momentum from that Dartmouth win. And the win will be key because, uh, I mean, basically win, they're probably in the tournament. Yes, yes. Lose, it's real borderline. Yes, yeah. and I mean, and So if, if they want to control their own fate, they need it, to win. And if they win, I mean, Thanksgiving, you're playing for a big a three big championship. Three title. Yeah, against a, a Durfee team that's, you know, I think we can all say they're a little bit down this year. Or are they down? Bit, uh, <laughs> you're being nice. Yeah, a little bit down. Um, so, yep, that is Friday night at New Bedford High. Uh, Brockton is coming to town. And I'll be there. So if you see me, say hello. 
All right. And uh, another South Coast Conference crossover game um, is Fairhaven is at Aponiquit. Um, that is Friday night at 7 p.m. And this is the division or this is the number four matchup. Four. OK. I was so, gonna ask, yeah. so they both finished four. So Aponiquit was number four in the uh, large and Fairhaven is number four in the small. Um, and they're both coming, um, you know, off of uh, losses last week. Um, lopsided. Lopsided ones. Uh, Fairhaven ended up losing to Old Rochester 49-8. to And then Somerset Berkeley beat Aponiquit 43-8. to um, So, you know, both are going to try and look to get back on track. Um, last week, Fairhaven's only touchdown um, came from a Brady Bennett uh, to uh, Flynn Borgott uh, touchdown pass, 38 yards in the second quarter. And just really, it, it sounded like they had trouble stopping old Rochester's rushing attack. I think Will Garcia kind of ran wild. Yeah, Will Garcia ran wild, and, and Harry Smith, um, you know, just was solid just, like he is. Yeah, always pounded is, it between and, the tackles. You know, um, but Bennett ended up finishing 8 of uh, eight of 15 passing for 120 yards in that touchdown. Um, he's been a very effective quarterback this yeah, year. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it sounded like they, uh, they just had some trouble. They turned over the ball four times on downs. They had to punt twice. They came up. Uh, short on a fourth uh, fourth down fake punt attempt, um, Fairhaven. So they're trying to do some things and, and just really not being able to, to convert when they have to, you know. Um, but, I mean, this should be a pretty evenly matched game. I mean, Aponiquit's kind of had an up-and-down battle. I know we talk, keep talking about the, the schedule Aponiquit plays, you know, opening with Middleborough and some of the teams that they faced, and it just seems like, you know, last week Somerset Berkeley, you know, the South Coast yeah, Conference large champions, and uh, you know they're 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 playing with a first year quarterback now um, with the freshman uh, Chase uh, Gorman, and he ended up uh, throwing three picks last week. So you know, but he threw a touchdown pass as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so he actually well actually he didn't throw a touchdown pass. It was a two point conversion. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yep, read the notes wrong here. <laughs> uh, Wyatt Pinto ended up uh, recovering a fumble ah. from Somerset in the end zone, and and Gorman had that uh, the two point conversion to James Seferzilla. And um, he threw the ball into the end zone. Yes, I'll, yes. Go, I'll go with that. <laughs> and it was caught. <laughs> it was caught. Uh, but I mean, when you have a freshman quarterback. Um, you know, you're going to have mistakes and you're going to have learning pain, you know, growing pains and, and he's going to learn. But I mean, he's just showed so much potential already in just a few games that, I mean, why don't ride with it, you know, give him that experience and, you It'll know, be interesting to see if he can win the job for next year. Cause, uh, Kobe Desroser, who started the year as a quarterback as a junior. I yes, believe, right? yes. Yes. So he could, you know, if, um, Brent, cause Brent Dixon was also a junior. Yes. He yeah. was a guy who got injured that kind of forced all the shifting, shifting around. around yep. So it'll be interesting to see if they're all healthy next year, if uh, they stick with this lineup or they revert back. Yeah, well, I think Zane will probably go with however he can get all of these guys that are playmakers on the field together at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of what Dennis Golden's doing over yeah, at Stang, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, when you have the athletes, you know, and they're versatile, why not be able to Just put them in different them the spots? Field. Yeah, so... Um, so that game is uh, Friday night, Fairhaven at Aponiquit at 7 p.m. Another South Coast Conference uh, matchup is the uh, Seacock is going to Old Rochester for the Division Two battle, or not Division Two, the, the Number Two battle. Uh, both Passing teams, versus running. Yeah, both teams finished uh, second in their respective divisions, um, and uh, you know I've, we've talked about Seacock over and over again. They throw the ball. They throw it a lot. They throw <laughs> they throw it down the field. I mean, they just, uh, you know, it, you really have to try and stop the pass. Uh, Terry uh, Smith, their quarterback, he had six touchdown passes last week. Um, and they just, uh, they were dominant. Um, he, he connected with uh, 
teammate Shane Smith on touchdown throws of 79 yards, 52 yards, 65 yards, 55 yards, 35 <laughs> yards, and 35 yards. That's a season and a game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, and they beat Bourne pretty badly uh, last week. And it was their second straight win. I know they were a little bit down uh, a couple weeks ago when they lost to Wareham, you know, who eventually won the uh, the small title. And, um, you know, I know this will be a big game for them. Um, and old Rochester, you know, trying to, to make up for that, that loss a couple weeks ago to Somerset Berkeley and not Which being able to play. Which was the most pass-happy team they probably played all year. So yeah. So see if they can get that pass defense down this time. Yeah, because I know they struggled a little bit against the Somerset quarterback, and he was able to kind of move the ball. And I think he, I want to say he had three touchdown passes against ORR a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, so this, this will be interesting, but you, we, you saw Smith play right earlier this year against Wareham, was it? Or did no, you? No, no, I you haven't. haven't. Okay. No, I haven't seen him. So neither of us have seen him. No, no. All right. Um, I was going to ask uh, what kind of his, you know, his style is as a quarterback, but yeah, no, I haven't. We'll find out. I haven't seen him, but, uh, I know, I know he's good. And I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, six touchdown passes that, uh, that'll testify right there. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? ORR has that, that ground attack. Uh, Garcia's got 14 touchdowns this year. Uh, Harry Smith has 13. I mean, 27 between the two guys. <laughs> I wonder how competitive they are about that. If they're even keeping track or they're checking the newspaper or not. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think you hear stories about that. You know, kids you know, kind of going back and forth for you know, a good-natured battle. Yeah, I think as long as they win, um, that they're probably both pretty happy um, that they're uh, you know having some success. But, uh, you know, last week uh, the Bulldogs as a team uh, ran the ball 28 times for 353 yards. Um, and, uh, just another day at the office. Yep. McIntyre completed his only pass. Um, <laughs> it was a 28 yarder, um, you know, uh, in the second quarter, but really, I mean, if you're moving the ball like that on the ground, I mean, you don't have to throw sometimes, you know, no, I mean, although come the playoffs, yeah, you know, somebody's going to, somebody's going to be able to stop the run game and they have to throw the ball at least a couple times to, uh, keep the teams from putting nine guys in the box. Yeah. So, but, uh, Will Garcia had 146 yards on five carries and Harry Smith had, uh, five carries for 95 yards and, you know, they had all those touchdowns. So, I mean, it sounded like, you know, I think 10 different kids carried the ball for, old rochester and you know kind of every not say everybody got in it's pretty impressive they, they won by 41 and they only had uh, 10 carries for the top two backs yeah so uh, a lot of big plays there too um but yeah that should be you know i mean like we're saying a fun game yeah it should be it might be pretty high scoring so yeah. <laughs> i think uh nick fryer might be at that game so you might have to to be jotting down tons of notes yeah <laughs> what's going poor, on poor nick uh, so yeah see conquered old rochester seven o'clock on friday yep um, the uh, South Coast Conference uh, battle between the number five teams. Uh, Bourne is at Greater New Bedford Voc Tech uh, Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, and Voc Tech, uh, we'd had a couple weeks where they were in the games, they they were in position to win, and you know they came up short. And last week, I they just they ran into a Dighton Rehoboth team that was hungry to get some wins themselves this year. They'd struggled early on, and DR just beat them um 49 to nothing um so it was only the second time this year that the bears were shut out um in a game um so you know hopefully Voke tech will be able to come back from that and and try and build on you know that little bit of momentum they had you know a couple weeks ago where yeah they were two point uh where they were two point conversion away from winning a game yeah one point. so um and this game should be a lot more competitive um you know Bourne has also struggled this year Bourne has a couple wins two wins um but uh, you know, over Upper Cape and Martha's Vineyard. But they last week they faced uh, Seekonk, 
and uh, Terry Smith, and we were just talking about it a second six ago. Touchdowns, right? <laughs> six touchdowns, right? Five to Shane uh, Smith. Right? Yeah, five to Shane Smith. So, uh, you know, and Bourne has lost two straight games, giving up uh, 40 in back-to-back weeks. Um, so maybe Voketech's offense will be able to have a little bit of a breakout against a team that's also been struggling this year. And so. Boca was struggling last year and won this game, yeah. although Bourne was probably a little bit worse last year. And yeah, Bourne is a little bit improved from last year. Yeah, Voke won last year 21-18. to 18, So, uh, But this this is a game that Voke should be in and, ha- and should have a good shot at winning. So, Yeah, still looking for that first victory. Yep, uh, and that is Bourne at Greater New Bedford Voke Tech Friday night at 7 p.m. All right, uh, now Old Colony yeah, League we're, we're action. Yeah, those uh, SEC games here. <laughs> yeah, we're in Old Colony League action. Dartmouth um, is traveling to Barnstable Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Um, you know, Dartmouth, I know I talked earlier about the Dartmouth-New Bedford game, but as exciting as, as it was for New Bedford to come out with the win, you know, it must have been a little heartbreaking for Dartmouth, you know, having those sh- shots at the end, you know, being able to, to especially recover the 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 fumble on yeah. the, you know, when they go in and kneel on the ball and, and you recover the fumble, you get down the field to the nine and you have that, you know, last second opportunity and then you're picked off. And, um, but at if least anyone can get the kids focused on this week though. I'm sure it's Rick White. Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, but at least there was a lot of momentum because that first half, uh, against new Bedford Dartmouth just, I mean, they turned over the ball four times and just looked completely out of sync, um, you know, on offense, even a little bit on defense, especially on special teams. Two of those turnovers came. One was on a, uh, the, the opening kickoff, and then another was, uh, I think it was on a, a punt return. Um, so usually you don't see that with a Dartmouth team. and, and a lo- Usually very disciplined. Yeah, um, but New Bedford wasn't able to get any of their points off of the turnovers, which is a bright spot there, but they, they, were, they ended up holding the lead going into halftime. But uh, Nolan Ellis, I mean, this kid is really starting to look comfortable out there. It was only his second start at quarterback. Uh, he's only a sophomore. Seems like it's the start of something here. Yeah, you know, uh, the future. I mean, you know, maybe next year, the year after, we'll be talking about him, you know, in the circles of player of the year or, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the top quarterback. He'll be the staffer, the Terry Smith. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this kid completed 13 of 22 passes for 270 yards um, and three scoring strikes, all three to Dane Ashton. Um, and uh, he also had a four-yard touchdown run. So, he had a hand in all four touchdowns in that game uh, against New Bedford and Ashton. We were just he's talking. Speedy. Yeah, I mean, he's got and, some speed. And he he's very athletic. Yeah, the way he, a couple of times he had to like leap over like a New Bedford kid to get the ball. I mean, he just he kind of has that awareness. You know, sometimes receivers don't have that, and he just seems to have it to know like, all right, I have to go for the ball. Like it might not mm-hmm. be a perfect throw, but I have to go up and get it. And to be able to time the jump to get the ball at his peak and all yeah. that. And then I think I remember one of your videos. Uh, yeah, he goes over the corner, yep. kind of picks it over his head, and then turns. And New Bedford's got some. I mean, yeah, one speed. thing New Bedford always has is athletes. Yes. And he outraced. Well, Baron Hilton almost outraced him from across the field, yeah. but he outraced both guys on his side of the field yep. to the end zone. Yeah, and uh, you know he had six catches 193 yards and the three scores so you know mate he was making some huge plays um but those turnovers definitely cost them and they were in such a hole that coming out of that especially with only a kid that's second a second game at quarterback you know it was kind of a tall order for them to come back but they were right there you know mm-hmm. they were right literally right there and um you know hopefully there's some momentum to that you know being able to be so close uh with new bedford in that game and, uh, and this Bar- is a Barnesville team that New Bedford beat fairly handily. That was the one game Nigel Palmer played. Yes, but yeah. they beat them thirty-eight to eight, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, so and uh, yeah, so it's certainly a winnable game for the Indians. Oh, definitely. And Barnesville, I mean, they've had kind of an up and down season. Um, they had a 
two, they uh, opened the season with two straight losses, and then they won a couple, uh, two of their last four. Uh, their victories came over Duxbury and Durfee, which we were just talking a few minutes ago that, that Durfee's a little bit down um, this year. While they've lost to Dennis Yarmouth, Duxbury, New Bedford, and Bridgewater Raynham. So they've faced three similar opponents, um, which would be Durfee, New Bedford, and Bridgewater Raynham, and they have the same results. So both teams, uh, or actually, well, New Bedford hasn't played Durfee yet, but, but you we're know, kind or of New expecting Durfee, a win yeah. there. But, but uh, uh, so, so they both beat a loss to New Bedford. They both lost to Bridgewater Raynham, and they both beat Durfee. So, um, they, you know, we're talking about Dartmouth here, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... I mean, this definitely should be a game that Dartmouth should be in and uh, should be able to come back, hopefully, um, you know, after losing two straight. And I saw Barnstable. You know, they, they they were a fairly balanced offense as far as the rushing and the passing. Um, and they were they were kind of like a Pontiquit to me, a team that's not great at anything, not terrible at anything. Like, there was nothing they were doing that just looked atrocious or like, oh, they're just totally outmatched. Um, but then they also didn't do anything that really stood out at you yep. and made you go, oh, how are you going to be able to stop that? So they uh, they did like to throw the ball out. They also went into a hurry-up. So they, they like to get up to the line and get the next play called real fast. So another joy for reporters. <laughs> well, this is a 6.30 game, and it's at it's in Barnstable. So uh, Dartmouth is uh, hitting the road Friday night. And uh, this is not uh, not much for conference implications no, here. No, Bridgewater Random's already wrapped Bridgewater it up, Random. yeah. So. But Dartmouth – Needs a win to to get into the playoffs. Yep, they're in that, that loss, seventh they're spot. Probably yeah, out. yeah. So this is this is a huge game for for the Indians, and I know Rick White will have them focused for sure. Uh, now we're switching to Saturday games. Two, yeah, Saturdays for the week. boys. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we haven't had any Saturday games, I think, for a couple weeks yeah, now. It's been a little while. Uh, but uh, Bishop Stang is visiting Bishop Fian uh, Saturday at one p.m. in a. Uh, Pretty big rivalry game. It's you know an EAC con- contest, but it you know they play each other twice now. Once on Thanksgiving, and once during the uh, the regular season part, and uh, we'll see if the Spartans can take some momentum into that game. They ended up uh, you know scoring twenty eight points, beating uh, the Vineyard twenty eight to fi- uh, sixteen last week. Got a non charter school win. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and it, it was good for the offense because they had been shut out the previous week uh, and that lost to Coil that the you know in overtime and. Really, Justin Lopes. I mean, this kid really got the job done. He he threw for uh, 78 yards and three touchdowns, and he added 88 yards on the ground and and was real effective. You know, it was eight of eight of 13 um, passing, and uh, he did have one interception. Um, but you know, the the offense was able to to make some big plays and and uh, you know get the ball down the field and sustain some drives, which they hadn't been able to do too much. You know, in the last couple of weeks, um, so that that was huge for staying and. But they're facing a tough Fian team. Uh, Fian has won three straight games um, after opening the season with three straight losses. Last week, uh, Bishop Fian beat Coyle, which had beaten Bishop Stang six to nothing <laughs> yes. in overtime. Yeah, they'd beaten Bishop uh, or Coyle Cassidy. Or, they'd be- beaten Coyle Cassidy twenty-nine to seven. Um, so the wins. So if you play the score game, it might be a tough one for the Yeah, Spartans. yeah, and the wins for uh, for Bishop Fian have come over Westwood, Martha's Vineyard. And Quail Cassidy. So, you know, it's not like they have, you know, they've kind of, I mean, I guess you would po- compare the, the, the Quail game, but, mm-hmm. you know, they both be- beat the, they both uh, beat the Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the Shamrocks have scored um, just six points. They scored just six points in their first three games, but since then they've been averaging 30.6 uh, points per game. So, so it's either the, the opponents or something clicked. Yeah, something, yeah, something maybe came together. And, and it is uh, a lot of those games have been EAC games. So, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Bishop Stang is at Bishop Fian uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. 
And then uh, the last, the Saturday, the other Saturday game. Uh, Can the Cougars keep the win streak going? I know that's what that's what's ever on everybody's mind. Uh, they're visiting Cape Cod Tech Saturday at one p.m. and uh, they take a five-game winning streak into this. I mean, I don't know if anybody thought that this would be the case. I mean, I know no, they're, we were. They're- they're the team that succeeded expectations the yeah, most. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hands down, I think, uh, I mean, I personally, and I know you've said it a few times, we thought there would be about 500. Yep. You know, you graduate two record-setting players that yeah, were just... You're starting a, a sophomore quarterback, and yeah, and there were just, a lot of signs that defense will be good and the offense will be a work in progress. And, and here they go. I mean, you know, last week, uh, they never they never trailed in that game. Um, you know, they ended up beating... Upper Cape, uh, you know, 20 to 14. And it just seems like every week they're not completely dominating the teams, but they're getting the job done. You know, they played a lot of close games, but they won a lot of close games, which is something. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Jared Gagne, he ended up having, um, two touchdown runs in that win. Um, and they only had two offensive touchdowns in that game. Uh, Brad Plissy had a 75 yard punt return, um, for a touchdown. That's remember earlier I was talking about punt returns. That was the one that was the one that I knew it was in my head. Somebody had a punt return, um, for touchdown. And he's dangerous in all facets of the game. He can run it. He's thrown a touchdown pass. He's caught touchdown passes. Yeah. I think that this is his his first return for a touchdown. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one to watch. Um, but you know, it, they, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I know they turned over the ball a couple times. They had some miscues on defense and, you know, they were just able to overcome some of those mistakes to really, you know, hold on for the victory. Um, but Cape Cod tech, um, is two and three this year. They've lost back to back games to blue Hills and South shore, um, going into a bye week this past week. So they were now, off. Did, did old colony beat both those? I know they beat blue Hills. Did they beat South shore. Uh, I can't remember. I'm not sure. Um, I don't remember. I'd have to look that up. But uh, they've uh, their their wins have come over um, Tri County and Upper Cape, which um, you know this just this past week Old Colony beat Upper Cape. Mm-hmm. So if you want to compare that, um, but this is a team that's kind of struggled a little, little bit. Uh, we'll see how they come out of the bye. But I don't know if there's anything stopping Old Colony right now. Which we've already talked. Old Colony's, you know. Right now, seated four. Seated four could move up with another win. Yeah, so this is this will be good for their positioning, especially in that division, um, division eight South. Um, you know where Wareham is, and that'll be a know. fun division for us. Yeah. Oh, definitely, that'll be one to keep eye, uh, an eye on. But that is uh, Old Colony. And I believe if they finish two and four, and it's a normal eighteen bracket, they might face. They each could other. face each other in the championship. That would be awesome. That would be. Yeah, division have. eight section title. Uh, game. Would, yeah, we'd be guaranteed of somebody uh, to win in that one. But uh, Old Colony is visiting Cape Cod Tech uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. All right. And that's all the uh, Week 7 action, uh, last week of the regular season. Last chance for a couple teams, really uh, New Bedford and Dartmouth, to, to get themselves into the postseason. And then for Old Colony, uh, Wareham and Old Rochester to just keep working on their seating. Yep. And also Wareham going for that, you know. And going for the SEC the, title. Yeah, title. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll be out of the games. Uh, as usual, you can follow us on all our social media on Twitter at SC underscore varsity on Instagram at SC varsity on Snapchat at SC varsity on Facebook at this one's a little bit different South coast varsity. Well, facebook.com slash South coast varsity MA. And, uh, we'll have all the coverage for you. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, this is available on iTunes, on Google play on Omni. And, uh, every week we put it in Lori's great, uh, weekly high school football preview, which is a must read if you don't read it regularly.